listening to Destination Country X, a KPMG tax radio podcast series. We cover key U.S. and foreign tax and trade developments that affect cross-border investment. I'm your host, Kim Major, a principal with Washington National Tax and leader of the firm's inbound tax practice. We're glad to have you join us. Enjoy the program. An important part of the OECD's BEPS plan is the actions that would increase global transparency. And by now, we're familiar with Action 13, so country-by-country reporting, master and local file documentation. But this year, we're seeing Action 12, mandatory disclosure regimes, hitting its stride. Most of this attention on Action 12 has been focused on DAC 6, the EU's MDR framework. Less is known about Mexican MDR, which begins on January 1st, 2021, with reach back into 2020 and even pre-2020 years. Although similar in general framework to DAC 6, Mexican MDR is actually quite different. We'll be exploring those differences in today's episode. Joining me are my co-host, Courtney Wallace, a principal in the Detroit International Tax Group, and Armando Lara, head of KPMG's International Tax Practice in Mexico. Kim, I'm so glad we're talking about this now. A lot of the companies heard about DAX 6, which was originally scheduled to kick off this past summer. And while Germany and Finland started as planned and Poland started last year, most of the EU and the UK pushed their start dates to January 1, 2021. That's taken a lot of the urgency out of the discussions we've been having. But I think it's time to get serious about these. Agreed. I do think that Mexican MDR got a little lost in the talk about EU delays. So, Armando, could you start us off with a few highlights of these rules? Yes, of course. Contemporaneous reporting starts January 1st, 2021. This means reporting of a reportable arrangement within 30 days of a triggering event. For a reportable arrangement arising on January 1st, 2021, a report will be due by February 15, 2021. Look-back reporting is required for reportable arrangements with triggering events that occur during 2020. Look-back reporting is also required for reportable arrangements before 2020 if the Mexican tax benefit of the transactions still exists in 2020. The deadline for this report is February 15, 2021. In addition, If there has been a modification to an arrangement that has already been reported, a supplementary report must be done within the 20 days of the modification. I know for DAC 6 EU MDR, they talk about 30 days as well, but those are 30 calendar days. Are all of the days that you're talking about and all of the deadlines, are those business days? That's correct, Kim. It's our business day. So, Armando, when we talk about the look-back reporting to pre-2020 years, it's, it's correct to say, isn't it, that, that the MDR rules do not specify a start date. What are people doing as a practical matter? As a practical matter, what the people are doing now is to revise the last five years because the statute of limitations indicates that the tax authorities cannot go beyond five years. So in that respect, they are revising all of the transactions, at least of this period of five years. The reportability or non-reportability has really nothing to do with the substantive position of whether the taxpayer was correct in recording those benefits. That's correct. The law is very wide in that sense, and you have to go for a look-back period of 20, 30 years 
it doesn't matter. What is happening at the end is try to be practical and try to, to, to shorten that period to five years first. Right. And then I know you mentioned, so for the Mexican disclosure hallmarks, are these similar really to what we see in DAC 6 or is there an overlap there? Because I'm imagining some challenges, certainly as I'm thinking about a U.S.-based multinational and trying to figure out what I should be thinking about for Europe and what I should be thinking about for Mexico. Let me tell you, it's a very important question. And what I want to say is, in some of the hallmarks that are contained in the Mexican law are similar to DAC 6, so probably 10. Five are identical, the other five are similar, but there are like a four or five where it's very difficult to find a president in other parts of the world. The case to avoid permanent establishments, for example, this is one. Related party transactions involving uncompensation transmission of goods or rights. Related party transactions with there are no reliable comparables or when there is unique and valuable functions and assets. Uh, structures involving a hybrid mechanisms when there is structures to avoid the 10% Mexican withholding tax on dividends, uh, transactions resulting in a book tax difference greater than 20%, except when this difference due to the calculation of depreciations. To the extent that in any circumstances you have a deferral, no payment, or you are taking an exemption, etc., is more than enough in order to be liable to report these transactions when you are falling in any of the hallmarks I just described. Unfortunately, the benefit can be directly or indirectly. You can provide an advice explicitly or implicitly. You can have a proposal. The scheme has not been implemented in order to be reportable. This is something that the law says. When the scheme is available, period with that is more than enough in order to trigger the obligation. As a non-Mexican advisor, I just get very, very worried. Let's say I'm a U.S.-based multinational. I'm doing something in one little corner of my org chart, especially if I don't actually directly involve Mexico because I'm not thinking about a direct tax benefit to Mexico or advantage in Mexico. I just get very worried that there's something indirect that I'm not thinking about. It doesn't even occur to me to ask someone whether something is reportable and nobody at the table is Mexican, right? Because it's the wrong part of the org chart, so they don't know. Right. It becomes very interesting on how we define the benefit to the Mexican company, or is it just the overall benefit somewhere in the structure? It relates indirectly back to Mexico, and that is something that I wouldn't otherwise generally be thinking about. The other thing that freaks me out is the avoidance of permanent establishment. I mean, Courtney, how many times a week do you give that advice? Yeah, I mean, sitting in Detroit, we get calls on a regular basis on how do I set up Mexican operations? I'm thinking about having sales into Mexico. Should I set up an entity? Should I not? And all of that at the heart of it is, hey, is what I'm doing or want to do going to create a PE? And I think, you know, if folks don't go forward specifically with it or do it in a different way, indirectly, we're, we're certainly bringing up a PE issue or discussion that might not be triggering kind of reporting in somebody's head, but I think the way we've described these rules, it certainly could be triggering reporting. And is there any de minimis rules or anything that would get you out, Armando? Because it seems like thinking about some of these numbers, that's general just transactions that we're talking with folks about in, in many cases. You are right. Actually, the law is not providing any threshold or de minimis rule. Armando, who has to 
do the reporting? Who's responsible for actually engaging in compliance here? The first responsible for to, to file the report are the tax advisors. Is the taxpayer completely off the hook for reporting? There are some specific circumstances where the taxpayer will be the person responsible to file the report. For example, in all of the cases where the scheme was adopted before 2020, but is still applicable this year, the taxpayer will be the person liable to, to file the report to tax authorities. Also, when you are receiving an advice for a foreign tax advisor that has no PE in Mexico, in that respect, the taxpayer has to present. And when there is a circumstances where, legally speaking, it's not possible for the tax advisor to share the information, in that respect, the taxpayer will be the person liable to file the report. Okay, so that is very much like the DAC 6 framework. You start with the advisors, and maybe the advisors have to do the reporting, but maybe they have an excuse not to. So maybe they're not Mexican, they don't have Mexican nexus. Maybe there is a legal privilege of some kind that protects them. So then the taxpayer is the one that is stuck with the report. Is that correct, Kim? It's very important to take into consideration that in this case, only taxpayers that are Mexican residents or foreign residents with PE will be liable to present a report. What if the taxpayers wanted to control the report? Does the taxpayer have the ability to say to the advisors, we will file, you don't have to file? Yes, they have the ability. Actually, it has been a practice for certain taxpayers, certain companies, big companies, try to have the control of the risk of the tax information that will be shared to the tax authorities. So it is a practice that we have seen in the market. And of course, well, this implies an effort from them in order to create the proper infrastructure, in order to identify in which circumstances they have to prepare the report and present the report to tax authorities. Interesting. And do you see advisors saying, no, thank you, we are not going to do the reporting? Definitely, yes, Kim. The market, in many circumstances, we have seen that they are pushing that the taxpayer will be the one to report to tax authorities. Advisors don't want to provide a report first. There can be several tax advisors, and what is happening is all of them, they have to report the transaction. So if there is a discrepancy between the reports, it will be possible to have sanctions and penalties because the tax authorities can consider that the reports are incomplete. The other thing that is very important is the sanctions that the tax advisors can be applicable. It's a very high amount, so that's why the market has seen this as a way in order to push taxpayers to present the report. What happens if the advisors decide that a transaction is not reportable? Are there any obligations then? Yes. When, in your opinion, as a tax advisor, you believe that the transaction is not in one of the hallmarks containing the law, you need to provide a letter that is what we consider as a defense file, where you are explaining to, to, your, to your client the reasons why the, the transaction that has been made is not subject to these rules. 
and the taxpayer has to keep this letter in the file accounts if there is a, a further revision for tax authorities. So if, if the defense letter does have to be provided, what's the timing on that? Is that 30 days as well? No, it's five business day in this, in this case. It's not the biggest substantive difference between the two sets of rules. But from a logistics perspective, if you're an advisor and you're looking at the DAC 6 rules on one side with 30 days, it's calendar, you can, you know, sure, you got to count on your fingers and toes, but it's pretty straightforward. And, and then on the other side, we've got Mexico, and it's not always 30 days. Sometimes it's 30, sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's five. But in any case, it's, it's business days. That right there just makes things so confusing that I don't know, as an advisor, if I would ever want to accept liability. Yes, let me tell you one point of this issue. Many big firms try to automate the sequence of manage the, the terms that you just, just described because it's so very complicated for many reasons, as you have said. What happens if there is a change immediately when you design the, the scheme or what situations where there is a very old scheme that now there is a, a change, etc. This has to be taken into consideration for many reasons, and that's why technological tools in that respect are being developed. So, Armando, I think we've gone through a number of scenarios now, and we're all nervous <laughs> because of all the things we need to perform. <laughs> So what are the penalties in the Mexican structure? I know I likewise have some horror stories coming out of Europe. For example, we've got 5 million euro potential penalty for a misreport in Poland. What's Mexico's current penalty structure around these rules? Yes, like DAC 6, Mexico MDR provides for penalties for not compliance, miss or incomplete reporting, penalties for failure to answer information requests issued by tax authorities, with respect to reportable structure. Tax advisor penalties can reach up to 20 million pesos. And in the case of taxpayers, it's even worse because what is happening is they have to, they are not entitled to apply the benefits of the scheme plus and a penalty or fine between 50 to 75% of the amount of the tax benefit that will create the scheme in case that this will, will be implemented. So let's say that the hallmark is avoidance of permanent establishment. And let's say that substantively that actually is the correct position, but you just forgot to disclose. If they deny you the tax benefit, I guess that means that you've got now an income tax hit in Mexico. And then you've got this clawback of 50 to 75 percent in terms of a fine. I don't know that any of that is creditable, particularly in the United States, right? Because it's not actually an income tax. I mean, it shouldn't be an income tax. There should be no income under the treaty. So now the worst case possible has happened. You would literally be better off just throwing in the towel and saying, you know what? We're going to have ourselves a Mexican permanent establishment, which may have I guess be the point. We're going to declare income on a real Mexican tax return because at least we can get the foreign tax credit that way. Absolutely. That's correct, Kim. A lot of non-Mexican multinationals are struggling to decide how to set up compliance procedures around these rules. Armando, why should this be maybe a parent level issue as opposed to just a Mexican operating company issue? Yes, it's a very good question, this one. And let me tell you, many um, multinationals in, in relation to the ones to see these rules in a way that probably to control the tax information from 
the subsidiary instead of to leave that responsibility to the tax advisors take into consideration that you are sharing tax information with tax authorities. So what is important to, to decide now is what will be the policy behind these new rules and actually what we have seen is that several multinationals have decided to have the control of its tax information in order to have better results and better discussion with tax authorities. So it sounds like there are a lot of open issues, but given the impending deadlines, folks may need to start fact-gathering for their look-back reporting, even ahead of guidance. Armando, we would love to have you back to talk about further developments. And in the meantime, everyone, thanks so much for joining us. Stay well. We'll speak again soon. You've been listening to Destination Country X. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to speaking to you next time.